Hello and welcome to another edition of the Race Department Podcast. It's time for Season 4, Episode 6. Hello dear listener, hope you are well. And uh, we're back with another special podcast this time around. So we're not going to be talking about the latest sim racing news or the sim racing hardware that's coming out or soon to be coming out or has just come out or anything like that. But uh, we're going to be talking with another modder for this episode. But before we introduce them, uh, let's get the man from Italy on the line. It is the Italian Stallion, Davide Nativo. Hello, everyone. Hello. <laughs> hello, hello, happy. hello. I'm quite happy, Paul. You know why? I think, you, I think you know why. Would that be the Formula One? Yes. <laughs> what did I tell you? What did I tell you? Yeah, we're, we have started with a bang this season. You have. And it very much helped with Red Bull uh, having two cars die at the, at the end of race race one. So, yeah, um, you know, yeah. we've, we've proved to be competitive also in race two where they both uh, ended the race strong. So we, we've got a good package this year, finally. And two solid drivers as well, I think. Yeah. Charles is just kind of edging it ever so slightly, but I think you could have flipped that around uh, last year. So um, Carlos doesn't seem to be adjusting to the new car quite as quite as quickly, but I'm sure mm. he'll get there. Yeah, absolutely, he's a he's a very fast guy. He, he just needs to find, uh, you know, the uh, in Italy we have a we have a perfect. Uh, expression for this but I, I wouldn't know how it would translate to English but you just need you know to find that uh, magic trick that makes everything fall into place yeah and before we introduce our guest uh, for this episode um, it's quite interesting the, the dynamic that's going on between the two uh, the two team bosses at the moment because if you look back at last year with Toto Wolf and Christian Horner it was very very angry there was lots of war words yeah but even now at the moment with bonotto um, and horner it seems to be very respectful do you think that will remain the case mm, i think it will because uh you know even the behavior between uh, max and charles is different than it what it was between max and louis so far i think that the thing is that uh you know Charles is different from, uh, <laughs> I, for as obvious as it will, uh, it will uh, sound, but, you know, Charles is different from Lewis, uh, as Binotto is different from, uh, from Wolf. There, you know, I know you, you and uh, <laughs> basically almost uh, every country in the world think uh, we, we cheated a few years ago. It was kind of, you know, a complex situation. We won't go deep into it right now, but uh, even if there was that kind of, uh, of situation a few years ago, Ferrari proved, you know, that uh, it kind of was honest about it. I mean, we, it did everything uh, the FIA said and, you know, when we have been racing uh, competitively for wins or for the championship, we always uh, raced fair, I think we can say, uh, or at least if we want to take, you know, the last few years with Pinotto. So 
I think that when you have a competitor against yourself, like Ferrari, you can uh, you have a different approach to it than with Merce- Mercedes. That uh, you know, it's kind of more uh, ruthless compared to Ferrari. We are, uh, and this is not good for us. We are not as ruthless as Mercedes, and this has played against us in the past. Uh, especially in the recent past. There are always, if you look at Ferrari's history, there have always been very big gaps between world championships. They're not necessarily, um, other than the, the Schumacher era, they're, they're not necessarily um, as competitive as always. And I think that's why um, Horner hasn't got his claws out yet, is because it's Ferrari, you've not been at the front. He doesn't have that resentment against Ferrari that, that Mercedes have been winning seven world championships in a row. You kind of get you get resentment towards um, those teams. But anyway, we're not here to talk Formula yeah, One. Yeah, we're, we're getting carried away by <laughs> we this are, discussion. Well, yeah, I mean, you're getting carried away as per the norm. But um, yeah. we have a special guest with us this week uh, for this episode. All the way from Argentina, it's modder Daniel Russo. Hello, Hello, Daniel. Hello, everyone. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Sorry, but you're... And how are you? Good to have you with us. I'm fine, but we shouldn't speak during our, our national anthem. So, yeah, <laughs> we'll pay our respect. <laughs> well, That's what uh, teaching at school, so... <laughs> well, I know, I know. But we like to have the uh, national anthems as, as the background as we introduce uh, da- yeah, David Day and Daddy and another, yeah. another guest. Uh, how, how are things in Argentina? How's the weather? Well, actually, I live in, a, in the southernmost part of Argentina, so I, I can't speak for the entire country. But yeah, it's really cool and warm here at the same time. It's autumn, so we're not yet in winter, which is great. Right. Okay. Well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, well, thank you, thank you very much for uh, agreeing to be with us um, uh, this week. And um, you know, we like to get modders on, talk about you know what you've been working on. But we always tend to start, you know, you're around about the same age as me. And we were talking before we started recording that all, when you look at all the mothers uh, at the moment that we've had on, they all have been around kind of late 30s, early 40s. There is a there is a bit of a trend there. Um, and so we have a lot in common, myself and possibly you. Um, so let's let's start with the obvious question. How long have you been sim mm. racing for? And, and how did you discover it? Well, actually, uh, I don't consider myself a sim racer because, well, I'm always playing a game. <laughs> I never took it seriously. I mean, right. uh, I, I started taking it more seriously than before when I when I discovered Assetto Corsa, of course. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah, the, the only serious kind of peripheral that I have is a G25 steering wheel from Logitech. Yeah, and that's that's my my most serious piece of hardware that I own. So yeah, it's not like I'm a sim racer. I just enjoy driving cars in games that I like, and yeah, very simple actually. <laughs> it's actually, not I, complicated. I, I, I kind of I kind of get that that approach actually because when I think about when I started sim racing, mm-hmm. I I think back to the likes of playing. Like the likes of IndyCar and Jeff Grammons, but I don't consider myself to have been a, a sim racer there because it, it was on a keyboard or a controller, and it's exactly. kind of yeah. it's kind of evolved over the years. And the term sim racing, mm-hmm. if you really think about it, is quite relatively new. Would you agree with that? 
Yeah, because actually, the, if I have to say, I don't know, what's the game I played the most, I think it was Stunts from Borderlands Software right around, uh, it was released on 89, I think, something like that, where you could build your own tracks mm -hmm. and have like five or six cards to, to choose from, race with the, uh, against the clock, against the AI and some characters in the game. And I, I was playing with the keyboard, so... Yeah, I had no idea about physics or anything like that. It just it was just fun, and that's it. <laughs> just having fun. So, um, on the article that you did on Race Department with uh, David mm -hmm. Day, um, a game that many of us have played back in the years, uh, Indianapolis yeah. 500. Mm -hmm. You mentioned was that was that your proper kind of first game you really remember playing, or or, we, or can we go back further than that? Well, that will be the most, the, the first serious game there I remember playing, which it was about, you know, actually driving and having a strategy with the pits and trying not to crash. <laughs> trying so, not to yeah, crash is the important thing. Trying not to crash. And the thing is, I don't know about you, but I mean, mm. I, I've also played the NASCAR games as well. And um, I, recently oh, yeah. Watched, yeah. I recently watched the the Bubba Wallace uh, Netflix documentary, which if anybody hasn't watched it, I, I found thoroughly um, interesting uh, to the point where I actually went to go try to watch a NASCAR race. Uh, but watching IndyCar of late and watching NASCAR of late has made me realise that even though I played those games back in the day, I don't really understand either. I mean, I understand <laughs> IndyCar to a point, but NASCAR... I had no idea they do stages. No idea what a stage was until recently. Yeah, honestly, me neither. Because when I played the, the game NASCAR when it first came out on PC, it was like uh, how <laughs> the possibility to go backwards and start slamming everyone else and yes. turn it into the destruction derby, basically. Yes, so, yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> that's that. what I know. <laughs> <laughs> Never really got the chance to do a full race, and, and no, no, I, no. you know, and. Uh, you know, very, very European of me. I'm not, I'm not one for, you know, ovals. It doesn't, it doesn't. Oh yeah, yeah. It doesn't yeah, get me excited. So yeah, I, I think, I, I think so, and I'm, I'm sure there'll be Americans and others who listen to this who absolutely love it. I, I'm just. I'm just not one of those people, I'm afraid, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. But, I understand. I understand there is a certain strategy related to that, but, you know, it's like uh, their football. You know, it's the same as the soccer we have here or you guys have on the, yeah. on the UK. Yeah. So, yeah, their football is like all strategy-based, mostly. So, based yeah. on turns and everything. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, NASCAR is pretty much, you know, under the same kind of, I don't know, metal of winning Yeah, no, I, 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 I see where you're going with that. Yeah, you're very... You're yeah. very and again, I don't... I can't get on with the NFL. I, I don't really get on with with many American sports, if I'm being... Other than... I'll, I'll watch a bit of NBA from time to time, or mm -hmm. um, not as much as I can, because it's on at awkward times for me. But, um, but, I, do, but I have been enjoying IndyCar of late. I think it... It's kind of a little bit revitalized um, and uh, offers something different that Formula One can't, um, especially with the fact you get, you know, you get a certain amount of boost per race rather than DRS. I've, I really like that. And the, the cars are a bit more, um, 
less detailed, you know, there's less bits coming off them, so there's less aero. Um, and I think that makes them a, a little bit more of a challenge to drive than the the F1 cars. Would you agree with that? Yeah, and a lot more easier to model. So, yeah, I agree <laughs> with that. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Indianapolis 500, um, you're playing that on a, a PC, I'm guessing, yeah? Yes, yes. Yeah, the, the beige PCs of, of back in the day. Um, what was the next game? Can you remember? What did you get your teeth into next? Well, I think after that it came Need for Speed, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Pretty much. At least the next bit of the game because, yeah, I was playing stunts. Yeah. At the same time, I think some one of the Grand Prix, I don't remember which one, the first one or the second, I, I don't remember, but somewhere around that time, and we're talking about between 1990 and 1993, pretty yeah. much. So, yeah, in 94, Need for Speed game, the first game. So, yeah, that was like <laughs> before and after for me. Yeah, so um, it's some 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 really good nostalgia with those games, isn't there? Like some mm -hmm. some fantastic memories, and and and, and I think that, that they're always the kind of the um, when you're talking to people about how they got into not not necessarily sim racing, but racing games. There are similarities a lot of the way, and 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 that's quite. Not surprising, but I think what's quite nice about it is, you know, you're from Argentina, I'm from the UK, David mm -hmm. is from Italy, Danny, who's normally on the podcast, which I forgot to mention, he's not joining us this week, he's off somewhere as as always with Danny and probably washing his hair again, um, <laughs> is that we, we all kind of, we get to the same place via the same kind of games and it just shows you how global... The kind of, I guess, with any hobby, these kind of things are, and and they put they pull you in, um, no matter where you live. Yeah, I guess the main difference is that uh, we we didn't we didn't have official releases of the games here because right. there wasn't such a market uh, at that moment. I mean, everything that came here was like a couple of years late than uh -huh. the rest of the world, basically. So. We were really behind in terms of hardware, so there wasn't a really official market for PC games until I think 95, 96. That's right. when it all okay. started. So yeah, before we had to like uh, go to certain places to get our copy. <laughs> on the old on the old floppy disks, yeah. Copy yeah, yeah. Copy floppy disks. Yeah, yeah I remember copy those that, days. Copy that yeah. floppy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember those yeah. days as well. Yeah, um, I remember. I remember my uncle. You know, was really into um, Amigas back in the day. We had an Amiga, and he and every time he came round, he'd have a new, a new copy of a new game. And we'd be like, "How does he get these?" Like, he just, it was unbelievable. Um, yeah, you mentioned that um, Argentina was kind of like behind the scene a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. Uh, I, 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 is that because the like you say the market wasn't wasn't really tapped into it? It wasn't a thing back then. Yeah, uh, I mean, I was a kid, so uh, all I received were you know uh, imported magazines, mostly yeah. from Spain. So right. I, 
I got caught up on the games thing uh, with that because it's not like I was able to go to a walk in a store and pick a game. Uh, that was all like, uh, you know, in shady places where I can get a copy on, on a floppy disk and maybe rent some cartridges for uh, Sega Genesis or Super Nintendo back then. Uh, so there was a, a big informal market for for games on the early 90s. And then some companies started bringing the, you know, the official stuff around mid-90s. So it started from that. But before that, we, we had to manage with what was at hand at the moment. Yeah. But was it was it was it the same hardware wise as well as the games or was the hardware readily available? No, the hardware actually you have many shops where you can, you know, buy proper hardware and mm -hmm. that was fine. But it was mostly used for business. It's not like there was a, a I'm talking about PCs, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. There, there or were, consoles, or, or, yeah. or the snares, or the or the Genesis, like you mentioned. I mean, I don't, yeah. you know. Yeah, PCs were not were not target, uh, targeted to gaming uh, audiences yeah. and young people. They were mostly, you know, focused on business and teaching and programming, of course, and that. But no, games came much later. Yeah, I, I think when, when I think back to my first PC that I had, <clears throat> it was an IBM Aptiva. Um, mm -hmm. And I think at the time it would have cost my dad a lot of money. And it was a 486DX2 with 8 meg of RAM. How, how far we've come. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, were there PCs in the 1800s? Oh, you're being, you're being, you're being, you're being ages. That that I would have been, I would have been in secondary school when when I had that. I I reckon it must have been about ninety three, ninety four, when when I had that. And it, but it was just like kind of like what you just said there, um, Daniel, is that it, it's very beige. It was very office focused. It wasn't, mm -hmm. and I agree. I don't think in in the nineties that they really targeted the gamer because you had you know the mega drives the snezzies the and, and the xbox and the playstation and you know in the early 2000s as things kind of started to move move on in that area and then i don't know when you could start buying you know um colored lights for your pc cases you know like i don't i don't really know when that changed or, or when they suddenly became a market but i remember building my first pc when i was 16 and it was a f proper high tower thing and it was and it weighed a ton um <laughs> and it was beige and it was a dual pentium 2 that's what it was that's what it that was my the first pc i ever built and i still got it wrong i still had to get help but mm. um but how how far things have have come? Um, you mentioned that you got a Logitech G twenty five. Was it was it a G twenty five? You said yeah, yeah. G twenty five. G twenty five. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what, uh, how long have you had that? Uh, must have been about uh, seven, seven, eight, eight years, pretty much. So, oh, yeah, I, I don't use it a lot. <laughs> well, that I mean, that's the thing. I, I had a G, my first one, my, well, it wasn't my first wheel because I did have like a Satec wheel back in the day that was this 
I found a picture of it quite recently. It was a purple thing. Um, I, and I think I used it for uh, Jeff Graman's Grand Prix. I seem to mm-hmm. remember using it for that. Uh, but uh, the more recently, it was a Logitech G27. And I, and I raced that with a good seven, eight years. It was, it was great. Um, but then I kind of discovered the likes of Fanatec and things like that. But I, I, I do know an Argentinian racer called Alvarado. We call him Avocado for, uh, for short. And he races in SRO. And, and he, he mentions quite a bit, it's quite hard to get hold of hardware um, out in Argentina. It, it, or is that just his experience? Or is that generally the experience in Argentina? No, yes. Uh, he's correct because... When you want to buy something something new and the latest stuff, either you yeah. have to pay a lot of money for it, or you have to import it through the grey market. So right. it's not always easy to to do. I mean, uh, we have our, our means to get stuff from overseas, but yeah, the official channel sometimes can be a bit expensive because you have taxes and whatever they put in the price like i don't know something that cost 100 dollars on the rest of the world here it cost uh, 200 just because we live in argentina so <laughs> that's how it goes but i mean you know like i mean i don't know if you if you race do you race online at all do you take or is it is it more are you more of a casual racer uh, i'm always a single player okay kind of racer you're you're, yeah. you're, you're another davide um because, I mean, you know, uh, Alvarado, I mean, I think he, he has a Logitech wheel, if my memory serves me right. Um, but before mm-hmm. that, he was racing with a mouse and keyboard um, and was beating me. I mean, I'm not, I mean, I'm not the fastest, but it's just, it's just proof that if you can use the tools that you have available to you. And, and whilst fanatech or whatever is out of reach of certain individuals for whatever reason you know whatever reason they you know they're yeah. still at school and they don't have a career and um you know if if whatever you've got is one is giving you enjoyment then that's the main thing but it just shows you that even if you have a g27 or g25 or a thrustmaster wheel you can still be competitive yeah i'm pretty sure because I mostly use my gamepad. I have a Logitech uh, gamepad with the two thumbs, you know, yeah, yeah, thumbs thing. Yeah, and I use that a lot with the with the throttle buttons. I find it very useful because I need to test my my cars a lot in the games. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I work constantly, mostly on BMG. I mean, I'm testing stuff all the time, most <laughs> most of the time testing and, and driving. <laughs> so, yeah, I need something that I can grab and play a little while and then move on to another thing so yeah. i can't have my wheel in front of me all the time yeah but no I, yeah I, okay. I, I do enjoy it i do enjoy it a lot when i set my mind to it and I say okay i'm going to take i don't know uh, my porsche 911 for a ride on assetto corsa and i fire up i don't know pacific coast or la canyons i yeah. love those trucks and I just, you know, sit there and enjoy myself with the with my steering wheel. The, the experience is amazing. So I'm more of that kind of laid back. Uh, yeah, yeah, driver. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> and and yeah. to be to be fair, I mean, you know, I mean, I, I I don't know how familiar you are with you know sim racer YouTubers, but Jardier, mm. you know, has done 
uh, streams before where they just organised a meet in at LA Canyons and people just join the server. They tell him what car they want because they have to obviously make sure the car is available on the server and people just drive around for fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, like yeah, it, it's great. I mean, there's nothing there's nothing wrong with that. Absolutely, you know, like people mm-hmm. people we you know enjoy different different things and I think that. Um, whilst we kind of tag it with the with the words sim racing, um, mm. it also brings other things to the forefront as well. And, and driving around things like LA Canyon, yeah, why not? Put a bit of music yeah, on I mean, and off you go. I mean, uh, that, that's why I don't consider myself a sim racer because I don't call myself a racer. I mean, I just, I like to enjoy different kinds of cars and, you know, try different different games, uh, how, you know, how the physics uh, change between games, like, uh, I tried Project Cars and it sucks, we all know that, but, yeah, I mostly feel at home with Assetto Corsa, and that's what, that's the scene I, I'm stuck with, I tried R-Factor before, uh, tried iRacing, I think, one time, but yeah, they, they are mostly focused on racing, and I mostly focus on, you know, just the driver experience. And actually, Bim and she is is right there on on my sweet spot because I can fully run with cars and I can drive them seriously and have a good time. Pretty much the same as I do with Assetto Corsa. So that's the way I I enjoy my, my three modes and others, of course. Okay. <laughs> All right, so uh, uh, referring to the the interview we did with David Day, I think it was last year mm-hmm. now. Um, you mentioned that when you were around about sixteen, you started to build plastic models as a kid, um, mm-hmm. and uh, and then you discovered three D software. Is is that how it kind of how it kind of happened? Is that the transition you realised that you, I could I could build these things virtually as well as in the real world? Yeah. You, you, you couldn't have said better because that's exactly what happened. So, yeah, I was just playing around with some games on my computer and I always thought, okay, well, <laughs> maybe I can do this instead of messing around with the plastic things, you know, always missing parts and making a mess <laughs> with the paint and everything. So, and the glue. Yeah, yeah and the glue. Don't forget the glue. Yeah, <laughs> the glue. I forgot about the glue. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, basically that was that was it. And the the game that triggered that triggered it all was uh, Carmageddon, of course. And that was the game that I said, okay, I can put cars into this, and yeah, I can make my own models. It's great. I I had to learn. So yeah, I started with learning all kinds of different shady programs, you know, to make basic 3D models, and started from there, basically. So and yeah. how did you go about learning? Because Obviously, back in those oh, days, the internet wasn't yeah. as big as it is now. So, what what resources were you using? Was it books? Well, actually, there were there were forums already. We're talking about right. okay. 1998. Yeah. So we at least I had a 56k modem, a dial-up connection, of course. Yeah, remember and, those days. Yeah. So reading, you know, reading, uh, sharing my. Know, asking questions on on dedicated forums for for the game back then so we were a very uh, tight community and we helped each other a lot so 
yeah, that, that's what got me into this because I started asking, okay, how can I make a 3D model and, you know, uh, download this software, do this and that, go to this website and learn this tutorial. I mean, we had to read, that's it. There was no videos, there were no videos or YouTube or, or anything like that. I like I like the fact on the article with uh, with uh, David Day that you that you said you know um, that that's how my career took off twenty years ago without even knowing it was going to become my life's work. Neither my parents, mm -hmm. who had no idea what I was what I was doing, locked up in my room for a long period of time. <laughs> I'm telling you now, they probably thought you were doing something completely different at that age. But um, you know, I know, um... <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> and I talked to them about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so was what, what, what was the first mod you ever made? Uh, it was um, a Plymouth uh, Hemicuda. Yeah, that was the first car that I that I made. Okay, um, and and I'm guessing as it was your first, you probably learned a lot through that through that process. Yeah, yeah, it was a learning experience, of course. And then, and then, did that did that make you go, oh wow, that was really challenging? Um, I, you know, I'm close to giving up. Or did you did you enjoy the the challenge itself, and that's what keeps you going and on to the next one? Yeah, that's what uh, that's what you know. Um, how can I say it? Yeah, basically, it's what triggered my uh, my interest into making much better models and you know improve things from there because i got a lot of encouragement from the community i mean yeah. everyone was saying oh yeah that looks really good okay it was a piece of fish yeah it was just a bunch of uh, triangles put together that looked like a car but <laughs> yeah basically the, the community was really you know encouraged me to to start making better things and well I was a teenager, so I had a lot of time on my hands. And, yeah. yeah. It's, it's nice, though, when you hear things like that, because I think, you know, the, the internet itself or social media more these days gets a bad rep. And, um, yeah. and, 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 you know, when you go on forums, I mean, it, sometimes it can happen at race department as well, where pe certain people could be rather hostile, but they are far and few between. And, and fortunately, there are people out there that are willing to willing to help but was there like um a group of people that would kind of like put their arm around you and sort of they they sort of helped you or was there one particular person who stood out that was there for you to to help you become where you are now or or was it just too many to to name any well there was a lot of help on the different stages of my career i mean uh when i started there were a couple of guys that were in charge of the of the carmageddon forums and the, there was a couple of websites that had a lot of content and yeah, those were the ones that helped me a lot by publishing my work and, you know, giving me the resources that I need to to create stuff. So yeah, there is a lot of people that helped me along the way and I'm very grateful always, all the time for that. So yeah, it's a lot, a lot to make a list of people right now, but yeah. If you were, if you, if you, I mean, one of the questions that David, I asked mm. you in the previous article was, what would you say is the most difficult thing for someone starting to create content for the first time? And I think, you know, when you, 
when you started out, it was you know, the internet was only kind of developing as you mentioned the UN forums and whatnot. But mm-hmm. now, you know, where you your response was in this mad world we live in, where instant gratification seems to be the norm. I think mm-hmm. it is it is a different time to start in modding and things, and people tend to knock you a lot more than maybe they would have done a few years ago because everybody now has a voice. As where back in the day, it, the, the the voice was the people who were dedicated and and wanted to encourage others to to do whatever hobby that may be. But now mm-hmm. the internet, everybody's got it. Um, if somebody doesn't like it many people are going to tell you that they don't so it's it's it, do you think that would have a, if you were becoming a modder now do you think it would have happened the same way that it has no no not in the same way i mean uh it, it would probably <clears throat> interest me as a hobby yeah but uh it would have been a lot easier to get started in a professional way because of the you know the channels we have to to gain knowledge because we have tutorials we have videos we have all kinds of social media places to ask questions and get basically instant answers of course that was a thing back then where we had to wait for <laughs> to get an answer to our questions so it, it took a lot of patience but yeah i i can imagine starting right now it would be like a world of information you know, throw and uh, thrown at my face, and it may be overwhelming because there is so much, there is so much to learn, and so many places. Uh, back then, there was just you know a couple of websites, a forum, and that was it. Just find what you need there and do your own thing. That's it. It was very simple. So. Um... Sort of stepping away from modding just for a moment. Mm-hmm. Do you do you have a car that you idolize in the real world? Is there, a, if there was a car that you could buy tomorrow if you had the money, what, what would it be? No, oh, that's very difficult because, <laughs> yeah, Lamborghini. So many Ferrari to choose. No, what you said, Ferrari, no. Ferrari to choose. <laughs> No, sorry, no, no. sorry, sorry, sorry about the Italian. Sorry. Yeah, I, I have to bring him along. Um, yeah. Yeah. It has to be a Diablo, that's for sure. That's my favorite car. Like it, it is a great car. Ever. I mean, it is a great, it is a great car. It's kind of a, it was mm. the car that every, every, nearly every young lad our age um, back then would have it on their wall. Yeah. Ter- terrible, <laughs> okay. terrible to reverse in, but what a, what a good looking <laughs> car. Yeah. yeah. The new one's got nothing on it. The new one has nothing on it, does it? So. No, I think until the Huracan, right? Uh, no. The Huracan. How yeah, do you Huracan, pronounce yeah, English? Yeah, yeah. It's Huracan. We, we, we pronounce it Huracan. No, <laughs> Huracan, sorry. <laughs> I, I mix my my English with my Spanish. No, not a <laughs> problem. Not a problem. No, it's, it's Lamborghini Huracan. That's how you pronounce it. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I mean, I, Diablo is... Have you ever thought about making the, Diab- the Diablo as a mod? Yes, actually, I did. Yeah, and it's in the NFS pack uh, in two oh, versions. There is okay. the the normal spec, road spec version, and the uh, how is it called? The yacht, I think it's, it's the, the Diablo name of the special BT, version. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. What That's a right. good looking car that is! Yeah, yeah. 
You love this pack, don't you, Davidey? Yeah, I absolutely <laughs> love it. I mean, I was uh, saying before we started uh, recording to to Daniel that uh, you know I, we were joking about the fact that uh, you know mothers usually get uh, requests about uh, a, spe a specific car, and uh, you know there is that kind of annoying behavior when uh, they release a car or a truck, uh, and someone uh, the first comment is, uh, "Can you do this <laughs> this one uh, this one too?" So, uh, and yeah. I was saying to Daniel that. Um, I have a specific reason why, to him in particular, I don't need to ask anything uh, because I already got <laughs> uh, what I wanted. Because um, my my favorite road car uh, ever, you know, in general, is the Ferrari 512BB. And uh, Daniel in the NFS pack did the Testarossa, which is basically the evolution of the 512BB. It's the same engine. The only difference is that it's got uh, fuel injection rather than carburetors. Uh, and the, you know, of course, the um, uh, the bodywork is different and the whole. But what in, what interests interests me in the 512BB is the engine. So in the Testarossa, I have it. <laughs> With the sound mod by Amplified NL, which I would suggest to everyone uh, driving this car in AC, uh, I have my dream car. <laughs> so I, I don't need to ask for uh, anything else from uh, from Daniel. Yeah, actually, I like the 512VB. It's, it's very different on the aesthetic side. So that would be an interesting project for the future. So yeah, keep your hope up. <laughs> Please it don't say happen. this. <laughs> I will have an heart attack. <laughs> no, yeah, I love that car because uh, you know, of course, as we were saying, the engine is the same as in uh, almost the same in Testeros. For some strange reason, their carburetor version makes more power than the fuel injection, mm -hmm. and nobody has ever understood why. Not even the Ferrari engineers. <laughs> but mm -hmm. the, yeah, the bodywork. Uh, uh, Many people prefer the Testarossa one, and I, I don't know which one which one of those do you prefer. But I like more the one of the BB because you know of the double paint, uh, and it's more of a wedge shape uh, compared to the Testarossa. But I don't know which one of you do you prefer between the two. Well, actually, I'm, I am between the two because one of my favorite uh, Ferraris of all time it will be the 288, the GTO. Okay. Which uh, I always love that design, and the 512BB basically takes all those design cues from that, and yeah, it's sort of in between all between the Testarossa and the and the 288. So yeah, it's just a matter of you know spending some time with it. Uh, the thing is, I have a I have in my back burner uh, to build a Lotus. Esprit from 1994. Ah, nice. Yeah. Oh, nice choice. So nice car. I, I really want that to be my next addition to the entire Need for Speed thing because it's like a missing link somewhere in between mm. the the Class A and Class B cars. So I really like it, you know, uh, to be there. The, the S4S especially. And yeah, it's, I really like the design of that car. It's such a weird car in, in a certain way. And yeah, not, I was not planning another supercar for like, I don't know, I, I'm not planning any more cars actually for Assetto Corsa right now, but because I don't have a lot of part time. But yeah. yeah, I would really like to, you know, get on the, get on the hobby again sometime when I, when I get some, 
some free time to, you know, to enjoy myself. Yeah, to, de to dedicate to, to it. To dedicate, yeah, because actually I really love my work right now, but it doesn't leave me much time to do the cars that I, that I really like. But yeah, I know. I will find a way sometime. That's what the holiday's <laughs> for, right? That's when you when your annual leave. Oh, when yeah, you take, yeah. You, when you take... <laughs> exactly, <laughs> if yeah. Only, if only it was that easy, hey? If only. I know, if only. I know. Um, question for you then, for the NFS cars. I mean, mm -hmm. when, when we've talked to other modders, uh, whether it be someone mm. that's doing tracks or looking at cars... You know, they, they, they're looking at data, they're looking at um, pictures, diagrams, you know, when they're talking about, you know, we talked about suspension, um, you know, and, and, and so forth, um, and all the details. But when it comes to these cars from Need for Speed, are you basing them on real life cars or are you basing them out of the, out of the way the cars were in Need for Speed? No, first of all, I, I don't make the physics for them. Okay. I have uh, my good friend Jason <laughs> takes the care of that. Right. <laughs> he's always there for the physics uh, <laughs> department. Yeah, yeah, he's great on that. I mean, he, he doesn't acknowledge it, but yeah, he's really good at what he does. And we take a lot of you know technical data. Sometimes we share with each other, but basically he does his own research. Okay. And I, I trust him with that. Okay. So basically. I get to drive the car before everyone else, of course, and get a feeling for what the car should have like. And if everything is okay, well, then we release it. That's basically a workflow. But I don't, I don't do any kind of physics work on, okay. on them at all. And and in general, I mean, when you set out to make a car, are you? Do you give yourself mm. a kind of timeline you try to work to, or? Or are you of one of these people that goes, it takes as long as it takes? Uh, actually, I used to do that when I was more dedicated to to making uh, models. Yeah. Uh, but you know, uh, right now I can't. I can't just put myself through that again because, <laughs> like, uh, I used to say, okay, I I'll do this in a month because I, I know I can spend like at least four hours a day working on a certain car and I, I'll get it done. But, but right now, it's maybe I can spend like four hours a month, maybe. Uh, so it's very different. It's very different. And and of, of all of all the cars that you have released so far, is there one that you would, mm -hmm. you would, you would want to go back and rework or are you, are you happy with all of the mods that you've released? <laughs> No, no way. I, I, I wasn't expecting that kind of question. Well, you know, it's a tough one, isn't it? Which, because you know, like when, when, when we when we talked to Fat Alfie, he was the first model we spoke to, and we were talking about tracks. And you have to say sometimes, enough is enough. You can't keep going back, and you can't keep repairing things or fixing things. Enough is enough, right? You have to draw the line somewhere. But if you had the time and money was no object. Which car would you go back and and or or is there more than one, or maybe more than <clears> one <throat> car that you could go back, and you know Fat Alfie when we when we talked to him was saying look, you know I have to, enough is enough I have to stop somewhere there's always going to be something and when I you know when I did my first track, what I knew then compared to what I know now is is dramatic you know but I can't but I can't go back and 
redo every single track. But it, but if you had, if time didn't matter and money didn't matter, if there was one car or maybe more than one car that you could go back and do something different with, which one would it be? Yeah, I had to pick only one car. Only, well, you can pick more than one, but as long as it's not all of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I'm right there with Fadalfi because I understand how it goes. I mean, we we gain a lot of knowledge with every project that we make, so yeah, there, there's always going to be a lot of things to improve. But if I have to pick one, it will be my Honda Prelude, that's for sure. That was my first Assetto Corsa uh, project. So, yeah, that would be the one that would really and, like to. And is that is remake. that because is it because you would do that one because <clears throat> it was the first one you released and therefore your knowledge is so much better, or is there something about that car that bugs you? Yeah, everything bugs me. <laughs> the way it's done, because <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't know a lot of things back then about. Uh, how to handle, you know, shaders, textures, and you know, proper modeling techniques. Uh, so yeah, with what I know now, I can make a professional-looking model uh, at the same level that the developers did, you know, officially. So yeah, I know I can pull that off today. I couldn't do that back when I first released that one. So yeah, that would be the one I would spend some time refining it and making it uh, looking really good. And um, something we haven't touched on, we touched on obviously you do the, the 3D model of the car and then you've, you've got someone who does the physics, but what about the car mm -hmm. sounds? I mean, do you have a go-to person for that, for car sounds, or do you work on those yourself? No, no, we, I, I was never able to find someone that, you know, could, could be, uh, at the level we want with uh, Jason that does the physics, we always talk about that. How we we really miss having someone dedicated to to the sound. It's something really hard, especially with these rare cars that that I make. <laughs> it's not like everyone can can make a proper recording of a Viper or or a 911 or a Testarossa, for example. So we were never able to find the proper resources to to add to our team. So there was always just the two of us, and we had to pick um, a sound source from the from the official cars. Anything that sounded like similar to the engine that we were working with. So yeah, we are, that was never a thing, sadly. Yeah, that is a that is a shame, and 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 so if that's the case, then. How do you get the sounds for these cars? I mean, do you, do you go out and make your own sounds if possible, or are you using other sources for sounds? How, do, how does it work? No, I use uh, something from the official cars on Assetto Corsa. See, from um, the from the Kunos cars. Oh, I see. Like, like, right, from, okay. like from the, yeah. from, for example, the Diablo we were talking about before takes there it sounds from the Countach, if I'm not mistaken, Countach. right? Yeah. Ah, yes. Okay. Right. Uh, so yeah. Yeah. yeah so for example, the, the Viper, the the Viten has the sound from the from the Audi R8. So 
yeah that's how it goes <laughs> yeah it, it, it is it is unfortunate that there aren't uh, uh, many sound mothers in the at least in the AC community there are a few but mm-hmm. uh, yeah it, it is a shame yeah, I, it, so, it, sounds are really important aren't they David I mean yeah, you know, no, they, kind of, they kind of bring the car alive don't they with everything else that kind yeah, of the whole I, package yeah I think it's it's something that uh, we've touched upon in the past that you know most of the time sounds uh, get uh, you know uh, don't get the attention they, they deserve from uh, you know talking about uh, official developers and such we, the, the graphics tend to get uh, you know the more attention and uh, instead I think that you know the sounds are what really immerse you in the uh, in the experience. Like for example, I was saying before about the Testarossa. That also I think that uh, takes uh, from default. Uh, it sounds from something from Kunos. But if you try it with the sound mod that uh, later on uh, the user amplified analysis made. It's a completely different experience. I mean, it's already a great car, but with the right sounds, it's uh, nothing short of amazing. (coughs) It is my favorite car in AC as for mod content. Uh, So, uh, now I have to try it. I have to try it for myself. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you you absolutely have. I mean, uh, try it because those sounds are, are really, really amazing. Really, really, really amazing. Awesome. But, yeah, the thing what? is, uh, I talked to him about making uh, all the sounds for my cars, but we could, we were never able to, you know, synchronize our timings because uh, we ha- I have I handle the graphics side and Jason handles the physics side, and once those two are done, basically the car is ready to be released. And if you have to wait until the sound is ready, and we don't have a, a deadline for it. I mean, uh, we will never be able to release anything. So yeah. that was a key issue when we tried to find someone to take care of the sounds. It's not like there aren't uh, some models out there, just no one that was able to, you know, catch up with our with our deadlines and uh, the specific cars that that we make. Yeah, I can understand that because I've seen it, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in, in the community that it's a problem between uh, all of the. Uh, car modelers or physics guy, like for example, uh, Ben uh, uh, said uh, multiple times that uh, he has to make uh, it, it himself the sounds for uh, his own cars. He had to learn how to to make them because he couldn't find uh, someone mm-hmm. uh, that you know that could make. Not that could make because there are people that could make the sound worker, but it's uh, it's, it's weird with uh, sound mother guys. <laughs> it seems like uh, you know there uh, there isn't a connection between uh, the sound modding community and the car modeling and physics modding <laughs> uh, side yeah. of the same community. <laughs> it's, uh, it's weird, and um, you know it's a it's a shame because um, uh, I always uh, as I've said it's. Uh, it's a really important aspect, and uh, I can understand that it probably it's probably something that uh, bugs you, you know, to make such a, an awesome physic an awesome three uh, D model. Know that the physics are spot on, thanks to Jason, but having to mm-hmm. you know fall short, uh, not because uh, of your not because of your fault, but because there isn't someone available for it with the sounds. 
Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. You know, you need at least three people uh, to you know uh, synchronize together to make a proper release of a free mod because we don't get anything out of them. So that's really really hard to accomplish. It's not like uh, we were doing back in the uh, Carmageddon days or the early Need for Speeds where you just model a car and put it out there and that's it. Just grab a sound, uh, yeah. whatever. <laughs> and it was just fine. It was completely fine. Right now, the you know the people's expectations are a lot higher. So it's really hard to reach those levels without being a, a professional team. I mean, uh, we, we really put a lot of effort on what we do, but it's not like we are getting paid or getting anything out of it other than our enjoyment. So yeah, that makes it really, really hard to having three different kinds of people put their time together on something like this for for free for something that for uh, free yeah of course uh, something because uh, it's not like yeah, I mean I, yeah I do the graphics Jason do the fixes and it's not like we get any money from that to say okay let's pay this guy to make the sounds for I don't know the Dodge Viper or the the nine eleven. Uh, so, yeah, it's what we have to deal with. <laughs> and sometimes uh, some mods came along and that's great because uh, the same user that has the option to download the car for free can also download uh, a sound mod for it and can choose if you want the default sound from Kuno's cars or just something else. Like you mentioned, David, uh, that uh, the mod for the 512 sounds really good. And I honestly, I think I tried it once and I didn't really like it, but I know it got refined over the years. So I need to give it another chance. And something I, um, I'm interested about since, uh, you know, it's something <clears> that uh, we couldn't really discuss with, uh, with David, uh, uh, which is Fat Alfie, because it doesn't, he, he explained it, he explained the reason why it doesn't do it. And, um, with um, with Pessy also there was a, it was a kind of a different situation because it kind of works by himself aside from the help from uh, from physics but it's kind of a different situation. While you instead uh, are uh, you know, the first mother we can speak to that uh, is kind of both feet. Uh, 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 I mean, or maybe we could we could say the uh, is fit in both situation because you do stuff for free. But you also do premium stuff, uh, especially with the um, RSS group. Uh, so mm -hmm. I'm interested to understand uh, how it works differently. How it works differently making a car uh, which uh, you are going to work, you know, with Jason or uh, by yourself for free, and when you are doing something uh, as part of a you know a joint effort uh, from a premium uh, group. Um, let me try to, to, you know, put my thoughts together because you're talking about if it makes any difference in my workflow, I mean, in the, in the effort that I put on each different car or something like that. Yeah. I, how it's uh, different as a, as an experience, you know, uh, mm. for, for you comparing, you know, the two kind of processes, uh, doing something well, that, yeah. Yeah, basically, the, the, the main difference it will be the time frame that I have to work on because it depends on someone else. But that's it. I mean, I, I enjoy 
uh, doing both processes. It's not like I enjoy more doing a free car than a paid, than a paid one or vice versa. Uh, the creative process is the same. I mean, the standard is the same. It's always pushing things uh, higher and higher, of course. And it's always good to have a, a proper deadline set by another because, you know, you have to commit to to get the shop done uh, for a certain date. Unlike if I do it for myself, it's like, okay, I wake up one day, I don't want to do anything, and I just don't do anything. <laughs> so uh, the, main, the, main, the main difference is that. But uh, I enjoy, you know, I enjoy them in the same way, actually. I really enjoy building cars in, in 3D, so yeah, that's... When um, uh, something that interests me is when, uh, for mm. example, let's say, in this case we're saying uh, RSS because I know it's a group you've been working for, but, you know, it could be any, um, you know, premium uh, company that uh, does... Uh, um, stuff, you know, available for, uh, for AC or other uh, uh, simulators. So I, I don't want to keep saying RSS uh, because I don't want, you know, people to think that I'm uh, taking them as a specific example. But, uh, no, general, okay. want, you know, I want to refer yeah. to all <clears throat> groups doing this kind of stuff. Do you get the I chance with, <clears throat> yeah. uh, yeah, do you get with, the chance, uh, uh, with multiple groups? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I work uh, with BRC. And okay. uh, made a couple of cars for Sergio Loro, which is working on the on the classic sixties yeah. Formula Junior cars and trucks. So I did uh, both of the cars that he's selling at his store. Uh, I made them for for him. And <clears throat> when you uh, get uh, you know uh, get contacted from uh, from one of these uh, uh, from one of these uh, groups working on premium content. Um, do you get, for example, the chance to... I, I know that when they contact you, they already have something in mind, very specific. But for example, when it is a, mm -hmm. a pack of multiple cars, do you get the chance to choose what you are going to work on? Or do you have to work on what they ask you to work on? And. Uh, If so, does it makes it uh, does it make it uh, less enjoyable experience compared to when you are free to work on something uh, you choose, or the modeling experience is uh, is fun no matter what you are modeling? No, I discovered over the years that uh, the modeling experience is fun. Yeah, for me, uh, that's how it goes. Uh, I, I mean, as long as I get to choose the project. Uh, it doesn't matter specifically which car it is, if uh, what you are asking about. I mean, for example, the shitty one cars that I did for RSS, <clears throat> uh, I didn't actually get to choose them, but I really like them as a whole pack. Uh, so, yeah, I enjoyed every single car I made. I only, the only one I didn't work on was the, uh, what's the name? This weird car from, <laughs> ah, I completely forgot. And I had to check their website. But there was one car that uh, I, I wasn't part of the process. But the rest of them, yeah, they were really, I really enjoy working on them. So yeah, I, I enjoy the, the actual process. 
the creative process of building a car. It could be pretty much anything that catches my interest. In. So, yeah. Okay. I, I think it was the Lister Storm because the other Lister two were, the, That's right. yeah, yeah, the other were the Ferrari so, and they were done by, uh, by Gary, I think. And the, yeah, the 552. The 550 was done by Gary. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, the, the Lister Storm. O awesome sound, though. <laughs> Weird car, yeah, but awesome sounds great. Yeah. Sounds amazing, yes. Paul, are you still with us? I'm, I am still here, don't You're you worry. You're enjoying the conversation. Yeah, I was, yeah. I was just <laughs> let, letting, you yeah. Guys, letting you guys talk. And um, I think I think we've asked, we've asked some of those questions to other models as well. It's like, you know... Because for some, like especially for um, Fat Alfie, you know, it's clearly a hobby, um, and he wanted mm -hmm. it to remain so because he felt that that would take his enjoyment away. But obviously, you're a little bit, a little bit different of opinion, Daniel. And I think that's just goes to show that everybody's different. Everybody gets out of it what they want to get out of it. That makes sense. In a weird way, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, because. Well, basically, we have different backgrounds as well, because, yes. yeah, I started with, uh, as a hobby, too. Uh, this started for me as a way to have fun, but then uh, through the years, I was I was getting offers, you know, to, to work for money, do the same thing, but for money, in exchange of money. So, yeah, I kind of got my interest, and I realized there was a way to make a decent living through that. And without ruining the the experience that I enjoyed, so it was a nice combination for me. I mean, it's not like I need to have one thing or the other. Uh, it was a combination of both. So it, it works until today. I mean, that's what I do with Bill and she. I really enjoy the work that I do there. Uh, even if I work on many different cars, not just one. Uh, of course, I have my own project there, but. Uh, we work as a team. I mean, it's a completely different experience. And I enjoy it uh, the same way as uh, as I always enjoy working on cars. Even doing, you know, small things like an exhaust pipe, uh, suspension parts, whatever. I always enjoy doing that kind of work. So yeah, there is that background that we have uh, that is completely different from each other. And I completely understand Fadalfi's point of view, and I respect it because, yeah, I know how it is. It's not easy to combine, you know, uh, the two things together, like having the pressure to build something for for someone else that has their own expectations, than doing it for yourself and knowing that, okay, you got to this point and you're satisfied with it. So that's the main I think it's the main reason how can money can spoil uh, this hobby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, <clears throat> you hear that story quite a lot with with whatever <clears throat> people do for a living. You know, when it when it starts our hobby, um, it can you <clears throat> know, and it becomes your main profession. It can, unfortunately, for some, that pleasure um, goes straight away um, because, as you say, there are pressures to meet deadlines and everything else, and when you're working for yourself and it's for a few hours here, a few hours there, you take as long mm -hmm. as you want. Um, but uh, yeah, so so let's um, let's move to the present day a little bit more. Though you you mentioned BM BMNG a few times mm -hmm. uh, during the 
the conversation. So tell us a little bit how you got involved with that. Well, actually, uh, my first mod for BMG was my Honda Brutal. Uh, so it was like, I don't know, seven years ago or something like that. And I realized it was so hard to make a car for, for that game engine. Uh, I was looking somewhere to mess around and play like a sandbox kind of game to put my cars in and just enjoy, you know, myself and having fun with the cars. And, you know, after that, I got in touch with some of the, some of the members of the team, you know, was keeping track of their work. And suddenly, one one day, they contacted me about doing some freelance work about a couple of years ago. And I was like, okay, after all this time, that's great. <laughs> and I say, okay, let's do it. And I started working, you know, doing a couple of freelance projects, and they decided to hire me as a you know permanent member of the vehicle oh, team. Wow, that's nice. So that's how that's how it was basically. Uh, one so of tell, the me, tell, us a bit, tell us a bit about that team. Where, where I don't know much. I've never played Be Beam NG. I, I mm -hmm. am aware. I am aware of it. Um, yeah. And I've also seen the likes of Jimmy Broadbent stream using it. Um, but mm -hmm. I, I, honestly, I, I don't really think it's my thing. Um, you know, and 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 that's and that's fine. But you know, just looking at some of the some of the mods. I mean. You know, you've got tractors in there. I mean, you've got you've got all sorts of this game. But where where are these guys based? Where I don't even know where they're based. So, give us a bit of background they're, on them. They're based on Bremen in Germany. Right. Okay. That's where the headquarters are. So, yeah, it's basically the company is founded by people that uh, have a lot of uh, passion for for this kind of of work, you know, that we yeah. do. Basically cars, mostly, in in every aspect. We have guys like have a lot of engineering knowledge and we have really great sound guys. We have uh, level designers, uh, level environment artists. So there are all kinds of people put together. We are like 60 people right now working on the company. Uh, remotely, of course, mostly remotely. And yeah, on the vehicle team, we are like 10 people at this point, I think 10, 12 people. Um, and we cover all aspects of, of the vehicles you see in game, from the visuals to, you know, the technical side and the, the upgrades, uh, skinning, models, whatever. Uh, we do a lot of research and we have a lot of fun doing it because we come up with maybe crazy ideas and <laughs> we decide well, I was gonna I was gonna uh, ask you so who comes up with the cars that you're gonna put into the game is is that mm -hmm. the guys at head office or is it guy like you guys working as a team to go do you know be really cool be good to put this car in the game yeah we kind of share our, our, our ideas you know on a common on a common chat we have together and sometimes you know cool stuff come out of it and we decide we decide together basically of course we have our main or main leaders that uh, decide which kind of cars yeah, are going to be made. But then, you know, we start talking with each other or, or a certain group and we say, okay, maybe we can put, I don't know, uh, I, I can't speak actually <laughs> which kind of cars we are going to put in the, into the game because of the, uh, how do you say, the, 
you know the agreement we have but yeah ndas and things like that contracts the NDA, yeah yeah sorry yeah, i had yeah. to i had to measure my words but that's okay that's right it's not a problem <laughs> yeah it's like we we have like okay we have an order from the from the leaders to say okay let's do this kind of car and based on that kind of car we can go crazy with modifications and options and whatever we can find during our research and yeah on the artistic side as well because we create body kits we create modifications we create engines uh, all based on reality but, but uh, they are basically our original models in the end and i'm so guessing you have someone that does the sounds for you yes we have yeah we have dedicated <laughs> people of course yeah <laughs> luckily um, we, we have that so, uh, do you know how many cars you've made for Beam MG so far? Do you, do you have an idea? Do you keep a count? Oh, actually, dedicated. I mean, the, the entire, basically, the entire project. Mm. Yeah, there is one that is about to be released. Right. Maybe a couple of months in the future, but yeah, I can't say much. But yeah, that one is going to be one hundred percent me, except for the for the concept design. But the okay. rest, the three D is all mine. But the others, I have like yeah, there's there is one for an upcoming DLC that is going to be in the future that I made. Uh, we have two. Then, well, I can't say they are mine, but I work on. So are they are they more coll coll more collaborative releases than these the the ones you've yeah. got for BMG? Okay. okay. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, yeah. And and to, to somebody who's not necessarily aware or or hasn't played Beam NG, how would you how would you describe it to someone who doesn't know what it is? Well, it can be it can go either way because you can you have like a big uh, sandbox game. Uh, where you can choose any kind of vehicle and do all kind of crazy things with, with physics, and you can take it seriously and and treat it as a sim, as a proper simulator, because uh, you have really good physics. Uh, it, of course, it's always improving all the time, but you can you can drive like rally stages, and other than drive around in any map you choose from. You have some mods like uh, the Norse Life from from Assetto Corsa. You have some tracks mm -hmm. from Assetto Corsa that were ported into the game, and you can really turn it into a serious sim if you want. That depends on your on the kind of experience you you want to have because you, you have a lot of, of things to choose from in the game. It's very open, and that's what I really like about it as well. It's not limited to a certain kind of niche, you know like rally or drifting or, I don't know, off-roading. The off-road aspect of it is really good as well. There are some crazy rock crawlers uh, that uh, we are working on. And yeah, it's really fun because you can choose whatever discipline you like and basically, you know, have it in game. Or even download, download crazy mods that people make. <laughs> there is a huge community. So, so yeah. It's, it's really I mean, hard to, to, yeah, sorry. That's all right, it's fine. There's, I mean, there are, you know, there are different kinds of vehicles. There are different types of tracks. There's someone even made yeah. a uh, an arena where you can just jump cars. I mean, I, I guess that kind of, going back to the point earlier on when you said that you like to, 
you know, to jump in a car and just drive. I mean, I, I guess Beam NG kind of fits that mold quite nicely if you so choose. Mm-hmm. Just, just to drive yeah. around, right? You can just do that. You can just drive around or race against the yeah. race against the Glock or multiplayer, of, of course. It's really fun. So, yeah. yeah amazing we, amazing number kinds. of mods. Amazing number of mods. Yeah. I mean, it's, what, it's what, crazy. Yeah. What's your what's your favorite mod made by someone else in any game? What, what is there one that you, mm-hmm. you would immediately go? Oh, I like, I really I really appreciate that mod. Oh, there were so many. I think the one that well, it was not a mod, but it's an official car actually from Assetto Corsa, which mm-hmm. struck me as you know being so different from the rest, having to me the best overall quality and the, the most taking care of details it was the Toyota Supra from from Kunos okay and yeah that car really blew my mind at the time I was like whoa this this guy really put a lot of effort into this and I really love every detail of it and that's probably it's not a mod I know but it was a DLC it was part of a DLC anyway so it was kind of like, kind of like a paid mod <laughs> And yeah, yeah, I think that's the one I remember the the most because of the time it came out. I was I was really amazed by the quality of it. It are was there, outstanding from the rest. Are there any other mods that not necessarily cars that you highly <laughs> you use and highly rate? You know, because I mean, I I recently um, just just at the weekend because um, it was <clears> dirt cheap, I bought the latest F one game from EA slash Codemasters. Um, and um, and I've had SimHub on my PC for ages and not and not really utilised it. But um, people have I went on to Race Department after I bought the game and realised that I can download the timing tower that somebody recreated from the Formula One TV broadcast. You know, and you can add those in and things and and mm-hmm. kind of you know do do little tweaks like that that kind of make you know sort of elevate it for me um, a little bit. Um, and you know, people make liveries for different cars, and you know, like you know, like that the the Honda McLaren from the back in the day, and things like that. So, yeah. uh, which Ayrton Senna drove, and you can skin the cars. God, there's so there's so much stuff out there, and and when and when you think about a set of Corsa or R Factor Two, you got Crew Chief and things like that. So, it doesn't necessarily have to be a car or a track. But is there anything mm-hmm. else that you look and go, wow, that's that's not just amazing for me, but that's amazing for the community. Well, I have to say the the CSP, the, the entire thing with the... Uh, sorry, I don't remember the name. That's that famous patch, patch for a set of... Yeah, the Shaders patch. Yeah. yeah, and the, yeah, that, that was the most amazing thing, I think, for... Yeah, it's impressive. Yeah. So, and the content manager as well, which is part of it, basically right now so those were the two things that really changed the landscape for for Assetto Corsa and yeah open up a lot of possibilities that we didn't have before well you guys already know so yeah that would be those would be the two most important modes for for AC right now and you've meant you've mentioned AC um a, a few times <coughs> obviously your mods um, you've made for for AC. Have um, have you have you got any more recent sims? Have you, have you ever played 
Assetto Corsa or Petizione, or if you or if you've got an eye on Assetto Corsa two, whenever it eventually <laughs> arrives. <laughs> well, yeah, of course, I'm looking forward to Assetto Corsa two, but I'm not hoping that it's going to have official uh, mod support. So, yeah, I'm just keeping my expectation low in that regard. I'm sure it's going to be an amazing simulator, but I don't know if it's going to have the the kind of support, uh, the first Assetto Corsa had since mm -hmm. their beginning. And yeah, Assetto Corsa Competizione um, is a way, I don't know, it's a bit too technical for my taste. I mean, right, I know okay. it's a great simulator, but... The yeah, sounds really are fantastic. Fit. Just saying, the sounds yeah. are... I, I mean, know, they, I know. they are brilliant. <laughs> they are brilliant. They're really good. I mean, it's amazing, yeah. but, you know, it doesn't fit my, my taste for... Yeah, and I completely that. get that. I completely get yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, it still drives me nuts when, you know, race department, Mike will, will post an article about the latest update for Assetto Corsa Constitutione because they recently just released some DLC and people go, Nordschleifer when? And you're like... I don't know if you're mm -hmm. just you're just trolling um, or uh, just trying to or just trying to be funny, but um, but yeah, it's it's a great sim what it does. But I mean, a set of you know a set of course of one was a, a, just kind of set a benchmark in the in how moddable the game is, and I think that, that is unfortunately means that everybody's got that expectation for a set of course mm -hmm. of two. And when and when we spoke to to um, to Alessio, known as uh, Pessio, a few episodes ago, you know he's got high hopes. Though set of course two is going to be, it's going to be moddable, and I don't, and I, and I, and it'll be interesting to see what happens because what whatever the decision is will will kind of affect what happens to a set of course one, whether we finally say goodbye to it and people eventually turn their attentions to number two. Or whether number mm -hmm. two doesn't allow modding, and that will give a set of course of one that little bit longer, longer life. Yeah, I think it will give a longer life to a set of course of one if it doesn't support mods, mods from the get go because that's going to be a huge hit on the mod community. Mm -hmm. uh, but I understand that nowadays it's not that easy to offer mod support, even you know the kinds of licenses that manufacturers yes. uh, give out and yeah that's very complicated so i completely understand it from that point of view you know which i kind uh, of so. i kind of get from a set of course so you know you might as you, as you work for bmg bmng you might you know, help us understand it, the complications a bit mm. more and and, and <laughs> help our listeners understand so from my perspective when i look at a set of course of Positione, it makes complete and utter sense to me that there are restrictions around mods because it's a licensed championship, right? It's SRO, completely get it. But if a set of Corsa right. 2 is similar in its in its implementation, like a set of Corsa 1, um, why would there be complications if it wasn't... Where would the complications come from? Well, I think uh, the complications will come from the fact that there are many more licensed games today uh, with official content, you know, from official right. manufacturers than there okay. were on uh, like almost ten years ago, and the fact that uh, they are getting, you know, 
tighter with the licenses with what uh, they allow a certain company to do with their cars. It's not like okay. you have the freedom to completely destroy them or add modifications and, and things like that. So the thing with BMG is that uh, we create our own designs basically, and yeah, they are based on real life cars, but they're completely different. So we get the freedom to create uh, new parts for them, uh, change the design and do whatever we want. And we have no limitations in that regard. So I see how the modding community can affect, you know, uh, a game like, for example, take for example, one of the latest uh, Gran Turismo. Mm -hmm. And you can imagine if that, had, if that would have a modern community where you can add your own cars to it. I mean, uh, every car license in that game must, looks, must look pristine. I mean, you barely have any mistakes. The proportions are all correct. Yeah, they always they're always perfect. There's and no damage. Have, like, there's no damage on them, is there? No on the cars, even. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So suddenly you have like I don't know. Someone makes a Lamborghini Countach that looks more like a brick than it actually does looks like, <laughs> and you have that in game along with all the licensed cars. I mean, uh, from a commercial point of view, that would be like I don't know. It would be unacceptable. That's right. how I see it, and. That's my opinion, of course. That's what I think the companies are trying to avoid. You know, having their own licensed content next to uh, crappy main molds, because there are a lot as well. Not everything yeah. looks right. I, 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 I get your point. You know, the landscape has changed and the license has <laughs> changed. But the thing is, is that, uh, you know, the mods that get uploaded uh, to Race Department, I have, I've never seen anything taken down because you know it's it's a car you know or by Toyota BMW or whatever so um, it, it it must be a really hard thing to um, to combat and I, and I wonder whether like that the horse has bolted so to speak and there's not much they can do about that one but like you say licensing has got a little bit a little bit tighter um, mm -hmm. and I and I think you're probably right I think part of me thinks AC2 is not going to have mods, which which will be a shame. But but it doesn't have to. It doesn't have to be cars, though, does it? I mean, as we've seen with a set of Corsa Competizione, people have made HUD, you know, new HUDs and things like that, and, and bring other elements to the game. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to be cars. It could be liveries, you know. Uh, and some of the liveries that people make now for a set of Corsa Competizione blow my mind. I mean, they the. The level of detail that some people go into is amazing. Yeah, I know, I know. I've been looking at that myself. I always, I'm always lurking in the in the skins uh, category more than yeah. cars and trucks sometimes. Yeah. But the thing is, uh, let's be honest. Uh, uh, only having skins or certain apps for a game is not what moves an entire community. I mean, you you have dedicated people to that, of course, but. Without the possibility of adding cars or trucks on a simulator, it's like, yeah, <laughs> how, how, how long is going to last in time? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not going to have the same effect as Assetto Corsa has right now. I mean, it's, it's very, I mean, it's very current. I mean, people are still playing it and enjoying it and doing all kinds of things for it. Like you say, there's always so much more than cars and trucks. Yeah, but yeah. 
if the modding is not allowed from the beginning, it's like, yeah, okay, okay, that's going to last a couple of years and then move on to the next thing. That's for sure. Yeah. But I think, you know, like, because at the moment, a lot of people do uh, mods for Assessor Corsa, obviously, and mm -hmm. some people make mods for R Factor 2, um, and of course, Beam NG, but I can't really think of anything, anything else that really people make a lot of content for. Mm. It's yeah. kind of, there really yeah. isn't anything else, is there? So, um, yeah. where, where, you know, that could, yeah, where does the modding community, what does the modding community do? Yeah. If that, yeah, I mean, at, le at least on the, on the, on the scene market, right? Because we also yes. have, I know there is a huge community on GTI, GTI 5, for example. Yeah. Well, oh, of, oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. we, I was talking about a mod before, uh, before, yeah, uh, before yeah. we were recording, you know? So yeah, I mean, mm -hmm. I've just discovered a mod for that and I've been having a little play around and, you know, pretending to be a taxi driver for a few hours. Not, not a very successful yeah. one. Um, but, you know, if I want, I can sign up to the police and I can sign up to be a doctor or, you know, an ambulance driver and and all kinds of things like that. And um, But unfortunately, it looks like crime pays. So, you know, like that's... Isn't that always the way? <laughs> Just like like in real life as well. And uh, so... Um, yeah, that's right. Well, so, you, yeah. you have... Uh, speaking, speaking of that, you have like... There are a couple of other scenes out there that the Euro Truck Simulator and the... Yes, yeah. Yeah, and spin tires as well. I've seen some mods for spin tires, which has an amazing uh, physics and graphics uh, design for for mud and stuff like that, which is really cool. And yeah, they have their own communities too. So I guess it's a matter of seeing what's out there, other than you know, our <laughs> factor and Assetto Corsa. Yeah, and also, don't forget, I mean, you know, it's not quite the same, but flight sims as well. I mm. mean, you know, people... And, uh, and to be honest, a lot a lot of sim races do end up being flight simmers as well. Um, not everybody. It's not, you know, it's not for everybody, but it uh, there's generally a lot, of cr a lot of crossover for skills, I'm sure, mm. to some to some degree. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's an interesting time and... And we we don't know when AC2 is going to be officially released yet, and it still there still seems to be, um, you know, some, some focus being applied to a set of course competizione with new with new cars recently, and and rumored to be some new tracks coming, uh, potentially from America, um, Cota being one of them. So yeah, uh, let's see what the what the future what the future holds. I guess. Yeah. We can agree this is a very, very interesting time to, you know, to be alive in the sim community because there, there is so there are so many things to choose from, which is it's amazing. I mean, especially for us who 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 we've been we've been seeing this development over the past twenty years or so. I mean, it's just it's amazing to see where we are right now. I mean, I really enjoy seeing all these things coming together. Uh, looking forward for new pressure, of course, but yeah, it's it's really you know you have to look at the bright side of the social media as well. It's not like they kill everything, but also brought people together, and yeah. there are some great communities that you know uh, are coming up and making new content, and that's great. You know, making new professionals as well because it's not like <laughs> we are always the same guys in the industry. 
there's always new people, uh, new talents, and yeah, that that's amazing. This brings yeah, up uh, talk, uh, talking a of, of talking of, talking of new talent. I mean, do you <clears throat> do you lurk around on forums now, giving tips to newcomers to the modding scene, or are you too busy for that? No, I don't look around on the forums a lot, but I do answer a lot of questions and try to help to whoever reaches out to me. Mm -hmm. uh, I always try to reply to, you know, everything I get on my inbox. So, yeah, whenever I can help, of course, I'm happy to, because that's how I grew up in this in this business and, and a hobby. So I would like, I always enjoy giving out whatever I can to, to others. You know, so yeah, I'm not, I don't have a lot of time to lurk around in the forums as I used to, <laughs> but I try to keep up with things. David, you've been a bit quiet for the last uh, however long and it's as pleasant as it's, as it's been. Um, do, you have any, <laughs> do, you, do you have any questions for uh, Daniel? I'll be honest, uh, um, and I'll probably annoy you, Paul, but uh, I have to confess that uh, while you guys were talking, I, I was listening with my ears, but at the same time with my eyes, I was exploring on Street View the town of uh, El Calafate. Is the right the pronunciation, Daniel? Uh, Pretty much. Very close. Yeah, <laughs> where, where, where he lives. And, uh, you know, I must say it's uh, such a nice town. Um, there are some very colorful buildings. Uh, I really, really love it. And, you know, one thing that comes to my mind that this question is absolutely not sim racing related is, have you ever mm -hmm. been or planned to go to Antarctica? Because you are so close to it. And it's something that uh, I think it would be really cool to do. What do you think? Yeah, that would be really cool. I mean, the closest I've been was to uh, Ushuaia, which is located 800 kilometers uh, south from here at the, basically, the end of the world. <laughs> so uh, that's the closest I've been there. Um, but I don't know if it's that accessible for us. I mean, for us, I mean, I'm talking about the people that have normal economic resources. We are, I, I am not rich, so <laughs> I'm not sure I can do <laughs> that kind of expedition. I mean, it would be amazing for sure. I mean, I love the mountains, I love the cold, I love the ice. That's why I'm here. But it will be like, I don't know, I, I have to do some research on some research on that. It will be interesting for sure. Let, be, careful, it, be careful because it'll be careful because he'll be asking to come and stay in a moment. So, um, <laughs> yeah. No, I, I love, I love this town. He has, sto he has stalker tendencies, our Davide. So, uh, I, I love this town. If it wasn't on the other side of the world, I would be, I would be visiting. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. We are on the other side of the world and the other side of the country because uh, Argentina yeah. is, is really, really large, really big. So we have all kinds of different uh, icons of weather, all kinds of landscapes. Uh, we have everything here in our country. I really like it. So it's a really nice place to, to live right now. And yeah, uh, I'm glad that you guys like what you see. Actually, those pictures are from... 2014, I think, the street view from El Calafate. They are a little bit older. Right now, it, it has evolved a lot. Actually, you can tell the difference on the satellite images. Uh, 
you can't even see my house on the street view because it wasn't here. So <laughs> uh, there are a lot of things that that really uh, it really thrived in the, in the last ten years or so. It's a really nice place to live. Of course, it has its downsides. We we live on the other side of the of the of the planet, but you know. It's a, it's a trade-off. I used to live in the city in Buenos Aires, so there, there is a place to live in the cow in the chaos. What? Sorry. What? Uh, no, I was saying there there is a place with a very cool car <laughs> in the uh, uh, on uh, you know a, how do you say in English you know, in exposition or uh, exposed <laughs> for the viewers uh, to see. Uh, but I don't know what it means because it's called this place Museo and Museo I can understand what it means Del Juguete Juguete <laughs> I don't know it's Oh yes it's, a, no. it's, it's the, toy, the Toy Museum that's uh, oh I remember the name of a car sorry I, I know it was a 1957 uh, damn it with the glass window on the back Uh, yeah, it looks no, like a, a, a 50s American car. <laughs> They, I don't it know. is a 50s American car, yeah, but I don't <laughs> remember exactly the same model. But that's that is that belongs to one of the one of the main, you know, businessmen uh, from the town that started a lot of the main uh, local business back okay. in 19 back in the early 90s, where they were just like I don't know, maybe. Two uh, thousand people living here or less. It was a really small time. It became where it is in the in the past 20 years or so. But in the 90s, it was really just an outpost, basically. And <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering if if I'm not uh, you know if I'm not uh, asking something uh, <laughs> indiscreet, but. How do you manage for for someone that uh, in our interview you said to me that you were born in uh, in Buenos Aires? So, for someone that is born in in a capital city and you know a very busy one as Buenos Aires, how did you manage to end up you know on the I'm scrolling here on the map and I'm going south and south <laughs> and south to El Calafate? How did you manage yeah. to get into such a remote place? Well, first, uh, I became here as uh, on vacations, you know, as a tourist, and I really liked the place. Uh, that was with my with my ex partner before, I, of course, I met my wife, and you know, then, uh, well, I think it was in 2000. The first time I came here was 2006, somewhere around that 2007. Uh, then we came together with my wife again on vacations. She came with her parents back in the late 90s, so we, we both knew the place. And once we came together, it was like, okay, we really like this place and we could probably live here. So, well, you know, we started to do some research and find out that it wasn't so hard to, you know, to get a piece of land here, build a house with what we already had in the city. So you know, we put our minds together and started working on it. I mean, we did everything we could back in the city to make enough money to, to build our house. So yeah, it was a plan that we built together. We've been married for almost 12 years now. So it was our first huge project together. <laughs> 
and then and then came over daughter, of course. <laughs> <laughs> nice, thank you. I, lo I love to hear these stories. They they are so interesting, and thank you. Any oh, course, racing yeah, related questions, Davide, before we bring this to a close? Uh, do you plan to make a racetrack of El Calafate available in this? <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> I just want to annoy Paul. Uh, no, actually, you know, actually, uh, we have a, a deer track here with uh, oh, nice. race with small cars uh, with 860, like uh, the Fiat. Uh, how do you call it in, in Italy? You know, the small one. It's Fiat 600 here. Oh, yeah. It, it, our pronunciation uh, is 600. Yeah. 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 They race with those on, the, the, on a deer track, but they are actually uh, building a new, a new race track uh, with, uh, with asphalt. So it's going to be a proper race track right now. So it's going to be finished uh, probably late this year. It's going to be amazing for us, nice. of course. It's a small track, but <laughs> no, it's always nice to have a race track around. <laughs> for, for as yeah, small as yeah. it can be, it's always nice to, to have a race exactly, track around. Yeah. So, sim racing really. Fan of dirt. Oh, <laughs> well, it's uh, <laughs> it's more fun to drive on dirt for sure. <laughs> and of course, oh, it's, yeah, less, yeah. Uh, it's less, uh, how do you say, uh, demanding on your tires because if what you if do a track. If, if you do a track day with your uh, everyday car, you basically have to throw away your tires after the track day is done. Well, on dirt, uh, it can survive. If, well, uh, if Danny was here, the, our Danny, he would he would agree with that, wouldn't he? He loves his dirt. Yeah. Racing, yeah. So, so yeah. Oh, actually, I, I really I really show driving in the, in the dirt because we, we live in the dirt. Here, uh, uh, we have a very little uh, asphalt streets. Uh, we have. Uh, like 50-50, uh, I mean, it's not the entire town uh, has proper uh, pavement. So we are really used to drive on dirt and I really enjoy driving my, my Subaru on, on the winter. That's really fun. But uh, what I do enjoy on, on a racing track is to, is to take uh, my motorcycle and have some fun on the, on, on the circuit. Uh, that's what I used to do that back in Buenos Aires. Uh, I used to have a lot of fun with. We just got together with a bunch of guys, rented a small truck on some of, on, on a location near Buenos Aires. And we just spent the entire day, you know, spinning around with our motorcycles in there having fun. Nice. So I really, I really miss that. Nice. So a question sim racing related, so Paul doesn't get uh, annoyed at me when we close the, the recording. <laughs> As uh, we have, we've asked, I don't remember if I asked this to, if, if, if I did ask this to David or if Paul did, but uh, does your wife know how famu famous you are <laughs> on the internet? <laughs> Does, does yeah. she understand what you do and what you know what your presence means in the community yeah, or what you're doing I mean, tonight for example <laughs> yeah she knows i mean she she, she didn't <laughs> right now she's taking her daughter to uh, karate lessons because i'm sitting here talking to you guys which i was supposed to to bring her <laughs> <laughs> so yeah she knows what i'm doing don't worry <laughs> no yeah i i met her on the on the same uh, 
we were working on the same uh, gaming company at the time. So oh, nice. she's a 3D animator, and basically we met at the same office doing <laughs> doing what we like. We watched, which was gaming at the time, working on, so, on different video games. So what you're saying is that she does the animation for your uh, cars, for your mods. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> I wish. No, actually, there, there was very little, you know, animation to do on the Assetto Corsa mods. Basically, you have to just place the hands of the driver on, on the steering wheel and the engine did the rest. So, okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Paul, I, I asked uh, Daniel everything I wanted to ask. <laughs> You can be annoyed at me later. I'm not. I'm not annoyed. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, oh, thank you. <laughs> um, well, I'm. I'm being disappointed at McLaren. Sorry. <laughs> oh, he had to go there, didn't he? Yeah. Like, the thing, is, thing is, I have the power to edit that out. So uh, yeah. no, you <laughs> won't. I'll, have the, I'll have the last laugh. Um, Daniel, thank you very much for uh, for being here. It's genuinely been a pleasure it's you know and I'll, and I'll be honest I mean I didn't really I when when we interview all these models I don't really I don't really know a lot about the mods that are being released I'll know about one or two but I, mm. I you know like I kind of you kind of alluded to it earlier on you know life kind of goes on I don't have the time to focus <coughs> um to try everything that that gets released but um mm -hmm. but I, I like the look of the um the need for speed mods I, i might have to give those a go but um but it's been very very insightful and thank you very much for coming to talk to us because i know that our listeners really enjoy these episodes because one it's somebody else coming on and not having to listen to us three morons um <laughs> but you know it, it it's good to get different perspectives and and also to help educate um everybody around modding and And I think you've kind of given us a, tonight a bit of insight around the licensing challenges for, for AC2 as well. And, and so thank you very much for um, for being here. It's genuinely been appreciated. And, um, you know, oh, of course, and, uh, and I, thanks you to know, you, Paul, for giving me the chance. I mean, I, I, I wasn't really expecting that I, I was able to say anything interesting at all because, <laughs> I mean, I had no idea what to expect, honestly. Well, it, <laughs> so, and, yeah, and, I'm glad and, it worked. And as and as we spoke before we started recording, you know, everybody says exactly the same thing. Oh, why have you mm -hmm. asked me? I'm not going to be any good. But it's just having a conversation that is just being recorded, and you know, um, and and that's and that's all it is. And I and I said this to you, and I said this to Fat Alfie and Alessio when he came on, is that just think of it of just being down the pub or being in a bar and just having a conversation. And it might start off slow because they generally do. But then like, you find a rhythm and you find a flow and then you you pick on things that people say. And, you know, so, yeah, it, um, thank you very much for um, for being here. It's, and I'm sure um, other awesome. listeners would have, would have found that just as interesting as, as myself and and uh, David Day uh, have. But before we bring the um, podcast to a close, it's just it's just a couple of worthy mentions that we like to do at the end. So um, uh, the guys uh, behind... Uh, Reza uh, Studios have, uh, behind Automobile Blister 2 have announced that there's a new Formula One car uh, coming, so everybody will be excited about that. I recently tried the new uh, uh, Indy cars. Um, <laughs> oh, they are a handful. So, um, yeah, get behind those. And already people have been uploading 
uh, you know, uh, liveries, as I like to call them, uh, to race departments. So uh, feel free to have a, have a mooch around the download section. Um, also, recently, the guys behind Gran Turismo 7 had a, uh, have to have had to issue an, issue an apology because the servers were down for 24 hours following maintenance. And I know there's been a, it hasn't been a smooth ride for uh, Polyphony, so um, I'm sure things will uh, improve there. And as we mentioned during the podcast, uh, the guys uh, behind ACC released the latest DLC, which includes a new Ferrari, a new Porsche Cup, the new Audi Evo 2 um and the new lamborghini um uh, as well so um yeah uh great different cars oh and also the bmw m2 which is more of a road car uh but uh, which is great for some close racing unless you're dad and steve who did the did the stream at race department who were about three or four seconds lap slower than everybody else on that stream um, and uh, there's also a new butt kicker review up at racedepartment.com. So do go and make sure you check that out. Uh, and we're doing a lot of races in AMS2, ACC, AC. Uh, just you need a premium membership to take part in any of those events. Um, yeah. And also a, a new up, recent update to Circuit Superstars as well. Definitely worth a mention. And also, in conjunction with Race Department, because it was streamed uh, on the website, uh, Ferrari Veles Esports is also open now for registration as well. Um, so go and check out the details of that. They're doing a European and Americas uh, this year. Um, and they also, it's in a set of Corsa and a set of Corsa Competizione, which is one of the reasons why the new Ferrari was released for ACC. So uh, good to see. So, yeah, fantastic. Uh, thank you for everybody for listening to this podcast. Hope you've enjoyed it. Thank you again to Daniel and to uh, David Day. Uh, David Day, you got any final words? Uh, thank you, Paul, as usual, for, for having me. And uh, also, I would like to thank uh, Daniel for, for being here and for his enthusiasm, because usually when I... Uh, talk to mothers to invite them to the podcast. Uh, it usually takes, you know, a bit of uh, uh, convincing. Yeah, uh, yeah, because they say I don't know, uh, and I have to say, come on, it's gonna be fun. Well, uh, Daniel was very straightforward. He said it's gonna be terrible. But let's do it. <laughs> I love this enthusiasm yeah. from, from the get-go. So thank you. Yeah, well, uh, I was honest. I mean, who's going to listen talking to... I mean, who's going to listen talking to a couple of guys for two hours? I mean, uh, I don't know. I'm sure for someone will find it interesting. Honestly, but... we, I, we get complaints <laughs> if it's not long enough. So Yeah, true. Yeah. Oh, uh, oh we, yeah. we can so, be going. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly, but it's uh, it's getting late. It's getting late here in the UK and uh, for David Day uh, over in Italy as well. But yeah, as always, don't forget you've got uh, simracing.gp for all your community needs. Uh, we've got the Racing Club at Race Department. You'll need a premiership membership. Don't forget to check out all of our latest YouTube videos and Twitch. Uh, we're also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well as Discord. But um, all of which you can find the links to in the podcast episode notes. So once again, thank you to Daniel. Thank you to Derrida. I've been Paul Glover. This has been the Race Department Podcast. Cheerio.